All right, everybody, welcome back. You have just tuned in to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And I am once again very pleased to tell you that the Pittsburgh Steelers have won again. They are now 9-0 and on the 2020 season. They defeated the Cincinnati Bungles by the score of 36-10 to at uh, Heinz Field in what was the first uh, home game in quite some time for the Steelers. And um, we will we will break it all down. We will, we will give you our thoughts on the good, the bad, the ugly, all those wonderful things. And then, of course, look ahead to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and, and we definitely have some thoughts on those guys uh, as well. And uh, as of right now, Ben is with me, and, and Ian, we don't know uh, if he'll be jumping on or not. Haven't heard back from him yet. So we may be a uh, triumvirate, but for now we will just be a dynamic duo. So anyway, uh, Ben, uh, you, you were you were just telling me uh, prior to recording that uh, uh, you, you guys kind of switched up your beverages of choice. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm going there because right. uh, uh, I, I had we lost on Sunday. I would be all over you like like a freaking blanket, man. Because well, we, we didn't lose. Break and it, no, we didn't. It wasn't no. close. No. And yeah. yeah uh, no, and- yeah. We we switched things up a little bit. Um, and and typically we uh, you know the 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 harder winter beers have come out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had one before things got going, and I was having a little bit of lunch, you know, pregame. Right, and it was so tasty. And then the other people from the table also ordered one, and it got to the point where it's kind of like, well, why don't we just get a picture of this instead? And mm-hmm. we just started in with that. And yeah, uh, we got a little bombed. Gotta <laughs> say, uh, it was uh, it was not pretty. Well, I, you know, it's it, it's always fun, especially when you get on these runs that the Steelers are on. You you start hearing or and seeing on social media people talking about their. Uh, superstitions and stuff and um and i i'll never forget when when you know matt and i used to do this show many many moons ago and we were kind of getting to know each other and stuff and it was funny because we kind of revealed some things that we hadn't revealed before on a podcast and and one of the things that i was just absolutely hysterical about he he actually if if the steelers had like a bad play i'm trying to remember this then he would literally shift in his seat. He'd like move one leg over the other leg. And if it went bad, he'd shift it back. And then if that worked, what? he'd leave. Oh yeah. He'd leave it like that. And then he, he, he said that if, if he had like a slice of pizza or something on a plate and, and he took a bite, put the plate down, he had to make sure he put it back in the same spot. And I, and I was just, I, I was stunned because I have a little bit of that superstition as well, but not to that degree. And it's just funny to hear because I've talked to people. If you think Matt, what Matt does is is a little crazy. There's some people out there, man, that they need serious professional help. Um, so whatever you're doing, Steeler Nation, keep doing it. Um, well, I, 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 you know, it. It, it, that sounds to me like complete insanity. I mean, there are things I do. <laughs> There are things I do every Sunday that are, the, you know, the same. Like, mm-hmm. I got to wear the same jersey they wore for the last home game if yes. they're still winning. I got to wear the same jersey they wore for the last away game if they won that game. I can't switch things up. And, you know, it's it's little things like that. Um, yep. I sit in the same 
type of chair in the bar in exactly the same spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Can't watch in the bar this week because bars are closed here. Oh, no. Yeah. So all those rituals go, are going out the window, man. Oh, I, don't, I don't know what well, we're going to do this week because we can't, can't stay in the same place. No. Can't do what we did before. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, game is on. Still got to watch. Got to figure it out. So, I, I, yeah, I suspect there's a lot of Steeler fans that are going to be in similar situations as yourself. Um, yeah, it's and, it's that kind of a know. year, man. It's weird. And it, it's it also seems to be a season where the Steelers kept, keep catching some adversity and they just keep winning. And, mm-hmm. you know, let's talk about that. Yeah, you know, um, so I, I was worried about this game against Cincinnati, not to the point where I thought we would lose, but I, I thought it was going to be a much more competitive game. Um, and I, I definitely thought the Steelers would would be able to run the ball a little bit more and a little bit better. And, and I think all of us were a little surprised in some respects that Cincinnati was like, we're loading up. You're not going to beat us on the ground kind of a thing. Um, but, yeah, what, what was your initial thought uh, uh, during and after uh, the big win on Sunday? Well, first, you know, regarding a lot of thoughts, it it wasn't close. I should point out all of that before we talk. You know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the Bengals are not good. Um, They kept shooting themselves in the foot. They're just not a good team. I I don't know of a better way to put it. They aren't good. Uh, defensively, yes, they did throw a lot at the Steelers in terms of trying to stop the running game. Mm-hmm. They probably looked at it from the standpoint that Ben hasn't been great with a long ball this year where he's yep. usually a threat, major mm-hmm. threat. Um, he also had the week off because of COVID and couldn't come in and practice. So they just probably thought, well, we're going to take our chances against Ben, dare him to beat us. He's throwing the ball short for the most part. Mm-hmm. With success anyway, we'll try and stack up the box and play the run. We'll send more hats than they can block, and we'll work it out that way. And right. they had some success, but it wasn't just because of the scheme the Bengals ran against the Steelers as mm-hmm. a defense. The Steelers' offensive line also is not blocking well, and no. in particular did not block well this week against a bad defense. I mean. David DeCastro getting blown up on a pull. When yeah. was the last time you saw that? I can't recall it. I can't recall it ever. No. And, you know, I just, I, David DeCastro getting knocked back on a pull and James Conner having to stop and redirect mm-hmm. because the, the direction he wanted to go is now completely covered. That to me was absolutely insane. And it just, you know, it's things like that. I mean, I Matt Filer hasn't been good in in the run game in weeks and no. can't seem to hold a block anyway, even when he's just doing inline blocking for more than a second. So I'm not, I guess, shocked by how badly he played. But when Alejandro Villanueva is your best offensive lineman <laughs> in the run game, yeah, you're having a bad Sunday, and he was. I mean, consistently. Pouncey is in decline. It's pretty obvious. Um, Chuk Sikorafor is a a pass-blocking right tackle. He's not a very good run blocker. Uh, Filer, you know, 
God bless him. He's going to leave to get paid next year, and Dotson's going to come in and and take his job. But you know, it just does not look great right now. Eric Ebron, when he's in line and he's asked to block, he can't do it. But that's not can't a shock. It. We knew that. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, the the Steelers' offensive line did not look great at all. Um, the Steelers' wide receivers are a very talented group mm-hmm. that went up against a very Oh, mediocre to very poor uh, defensive backfield in in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and you know I wouldn't say that Ben was sharp on Sunday, but he was he was sharp enough. Yes, he got the ball definitely. close enough to the wide receivers that they could grab it and make plays, and that was the difference in this game. Um, when Ben when Ben said that you know offensive player of the week is really a an, a, an award we all should get as an offense. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was true, especially in this instance this week, because it's a great point. There were balls he was throwing short and inside that the wide receivers were getting anyway, and they were making plays. There were balls that he threw high. He did have a couple of drops, but there were balls that he threw high. There were balls mm-hmm. that he threw short. Balls he threw behind. Uh, a few times to Eric Ebron in particular, they just didn't seem like they were on the same page. Yeah. Um, ben was not incredibly sharp. On, on Sunday, it, it was not a uh, a repeat of the instance where he hadn't practiced all week and he came in for Landry, who'd, who'd been <laughs> injured <laughs> yeah. versus the, the Browns. famous Cleveland and, game, yeah. Yeah, and, and lit up the Browns. It was not a repeat of that. It, no. He didn't look that sharp, um, but he did enough. Um, defensively, you know, the pass rush has is still strong. It is what mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Um they did enough as a defense to to stop the Bengals, who, again, are, are just not a very good team. And yeah. the game was never really close. It was never in doubt. No, you know? no. A, a very heart attack-free game. I, I would like to point out one quick thing. On that fourth and two touchdown the Bengals scored, there yeah. was an obvious illegal pick. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> you know that. You saw it. Oh, it – it drives me insane. Where Tyler and, Board started blocking before the ball was even thrown. Oh my god! I, I mean, Bobby Knight, the famous Indiana basketball coach. If if he had seen that, and maybe he did, I don't know, but that might have been the best pick he's ever seen in his life. And the man has taught that for sixty years. Okay, that pick was a beautiful basketball screen. Uh, and and I understand oh, it's in one yard and blah blah blah. I I can't stand it. It should uh-huh. not be allowed. I know the Steelers do it too, but I I don't like it. Beat a guy with your skill. Don't rely well, he, on this. Oh, he started God. blocking him. He started blocking yes. Stephen Nelson in the end zone. Yep, about three yards off the line of scrimmage. Yep. But he was blocking before the ball was thrown, and he mm-hmm. was still blocking with the ball in the air. That is offensive pass interference. Absolutely. That is an illegal pick. On top of that, T. Higgins then dunked the ball over the goalpost, which is also a penalty. Neither one no. of those things were called. No. And, and, and my and understanding the... is that Bengals fans were crying that they got screwed by the refs. I have no idea where <laughs> in that game they yeah, got screwed by the refs. That? You lose by 26 and you got screwed by the refs? Give me a break. DJ Watt was being held the entire game. The guy literally had his arm around his neck. He got one holding call against. That was it. One. It was ridiculous how bad the officiating was, and it did not benefit the Steelers 
at all, ever. No, no, couldn't agree more. Uh, and, and look, I, I've ranted enough on social media and, and just now on the illegal pick. It, it drives me nuts, but it is what it is. They want a high-scoring league. That's never going to go away. Uh, immediately when he dunked the ball, I thought, oh, look, he's, he's the, the ref's even reaching for his flag. He had his hand on the flag and then suddenly pulled it away. And I thought, wait a minute, that that that's a penalty. There's no subjectiveness here. That's a penalty. It, why aren't you throwing it? Uh, and, and as far as the holding with T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree, but I think it's more largely with Watt, are they to the point now, the officials in the NFL, with some of these top pass rushers, where they just know they're getting held almost every play and they just know they can't call it all the time? Is that what's happening? Well, I don't it's know. weird. Um, I don't recall who was talking about this. I think it was Matt Williamson. He was talking about the differential between the really good pass rushing defenses mm-hmm. and the difference between holding calls on their offense versus holding calls that the defense gets. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems to be weird. It's slanted toward the poor pass rushing defenses where they're getting more holding calls against than the passing defenses wow. that are successful and are, are good at it. So it's, it's just, it's odd from that standpoint this year where you would think it would be inverted where it's like, yeah. okay, these guys are really good at, at rushing the passer. They're going to get more holding calls because they're going to be held more often because they're better at it. It seems like this year they're trying to call holding less mm-hmm. if you have the athletic advantage where you can be a better pass rushing defense than when you do not. Um, and it's just, it's odd. I I don't entirely get it. I, I you know, no, you don't, you don't want to think that, that refs are trying to, to impact the outcome of games where, you 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 want to think that if okay if you, if you're going to call less holding then you're going to call less holding league wide, but it just doesn't seem to work out that way, you know. And right. and you see things like that that make you question whether or not these guys are completely impartial. I, I, yeah, I hate to go there, but I I think your point is very valid. Um, I, I I just you know you know the old the old saying is that that on any given play there's an offensive lineman holding a defensive player, and, and a lot of times it doesn't get called because well it was away from the play, it didn't impact the play, blah blah blah. You know these pass rushers uh, have have the ability to impact almost every play, or at least every time the quarterback drops back. Um, and, and some of the stuff, and, it, and it's not just TJ Watt and Bud Dupree. I see it in games all the time in the NFL where very good pass rushers are getting, getting draped. The, the, the arm of the offensive lineman is literally choking the player, spinning the player, and yet nothing gets called. And it, it, it's TJ Watt, as a matter of fact, has had several times this season where he's had that total look of amazement and befuddlement on his face that he just, he's incredulous. He's like, what, what, what do I have to do? You know, what do I have to do to get the call? And again, I, I, I hate going there, but yeah, you wonder if, if the officials are just told, look, unless the guy just tackles him to the ground, let it go, let it go. You know, um, 
But be that as it may, it's small potatoes when you win 36 to 10, but it's something to be concerned about later on when, when you're in closer games. Well, um, as Mike Tomlin you know, pointed out and, and has been, you know, making this mm-hmm. point all season, there's still work to be done. And he, he flat mm-hmm. out said it on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. The only thing perfect about us is our record. Love it. Love it. You and I both, because he's yep. right. Love he it. knows it. We know it. The All the fans know it. I mean, you've got some the sunshine squad is going, whatever, we're nine and oh, we're the best. Eh. No, if you rest on that, you will not continue to win games. No, you have you'll, to you'll continue. Be, you have you'll be to. nine and seven real quick if you rest yeah, on you, that. You, you have to, you have to embrace the process, as Tomlin likes to put it. You have to embrace the, the voyage. Do you, uh, let me talk defense here for a second. Um, it, 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 we're hopeful that Mike Hilton is, is back this week. Um, has Okay, how, how do I say this? I don't believe his absence has been as big as Devin Bush's, don't get me wrong. But I do think his absence has been bigger than I think most of us realize. Is that is that accurate? I think it has been pretty substantial i um he's he plays he starts at nickel because he tackles well he tackles better than very well yep and you know sutton missed a tackle this week again and there was a long game behind it as a result uh because he tried to play the ball instead of going for the tackle and you know t higgins ran for those 15 yards after the fact because Mm -hmm. Sutton thought he could get a pass defense out of it. Um, and that's, you know, an area where where Mike Hilton excels and and that was a third down as well. So you would have you would have seen a true a, a change there in, in terms of, of possession. So um I and that's not to say that Cam Sutton is a bad player. I like no, Cam Sutton. He's improved tremendously. Yeah. No, he and he he knows he knows every position on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least in the defensive backfield, Definitely. and and can play them. You know, if you get into a spot where you need a free safety, he can go back there and he can do it. For example, um, he's just not a, a super physical guy. Um, but yeah, especially in the run game, I think I think that's where where we're hurting now. Tyson Alualu being back absolutely helps Huge. in the run game. It is knows knows, and I think that was as big a loss. As Devin Bush, yeah. I truly do. And you know, uh, Roberts Pelaine, to his credit, as we talked about, has mm-hmm. been a, a pleasant surprise. Uh, but he's not a guy who can run sideline to sideline and and chase down a sweep. He's right. not a guy who can, you yeah. know, no question. Yeah, he he just he isn't that guy who can run sideline to sideline. He's just not. We know this. Mm-hmm. So. Is Mike Hilton that guy? Yeah, depending on where he's at. Um, yes, he can run to the ball on his side all the way to the sideline and take care mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. and will and will get dirty and, and you know, get down there and make the tackle. And it's not like Mike's a big guy, but he'll do it anyway. Oh, no. One of the things we love about him, and that's also how probably how he hurt his shoulder. So Yeah, you know, you, know. you have to wonder if he's going to be as effective when he comes back. Uh, you know, because of that shoulder injury, you wonder if they haven't been a little more 
precautionary with him considering that they're they're playing pretty well and they're getting by you know you, you wonder if in a pinch if he couldn't have played let's say last week i i, I don't know um i i'm just well he had a setback oh. apparently on friday yeah because he had, he was moving forward and then all of a sudden it was like oh geez he's not on the on the right or uh not gonna be active so, yeah well he was he full he practiced fully on wednesday they thought yeah. he was gonna play and then he was limited on thursday and then friday he was limited again mm-hmm. and th- i don't know he went through testing that's likely what happened he went through testing after the fact and yeah. they found that you know he the the joint was weaker than they expected it to be, and so they they sat him. And, um, and those are painful injuries too. I, I've had oh, yeah shoulder, and and they just linger and linger and linger. And it it does. It takes time. It really does. Yeah, and I, I don't know what the nature of the injury is. We we all assumed it was an AC sprain, but right. I um, I don't know and have not been able to find out. And it wasn't for lack of trying. Right? No, no, I know it's uh, it, it's it's quiet in there for sure, uh, especially this year. But uh, uh, you know, I, I think uh, and, and I think you posted this in our uh, in our chat uh, something along the lines of "Oh, great! Now we've got T Higgins to deal with for the next ten years." Um, yeah, he, he and Burrow work well together. Um, and and I, you know, Burrow obviously I, I think is a good quarterback. I, I don't know what the future holds for him. He needs an offensive line. Uh, he needs a stable running game. But um, yeah, no, he's he's good QB. I mean, he's better than a lot of the other first round picks the Bengals have uh, put up there. That's for sure. But um, no, I agree with you. I, th- I think that team is uh, uh, still years away from being where they need to be and want to be, and and that's fine. Well, I mean, you know, um, no. he's no Baker Mayfield or anything, but you know, <laughs> maybe someday he'll have that many commercials. Yeah, uh, I mean, hey, sure, uh, those those great commercials. Uh, wow, talk about putting a lot of eggs in one guy's basket before he actually does anything. Wow. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, hey, you know what? You're listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. Um, they serve Broward County down there in the Southern Palm Beach counties, and uh, whether it's commercial, residential, multifamily, or condos, contact Deck, Deck Roofing. Can't even talk. DeckRoofing.com today. And, uh, yeah, a lot of rain down there. So they, the, the, the boys on the cruise have been busy, I'm told, from the deck roofing people. So a lot of, a lot of stuff. If you need some work down there, get them going because we know there's a lot of Steeler Nation down there in South Florida. Um, okay. A um, couple other things here. Uh, how surprised were you the Ravens lost on Sunday night? Very. <laughs> I mean, I, I couldn't be believe it. The, yeah. the Patriots are not a good team. Mm-mm. They're just Mm-mm. not. I, I don't know why the Patriots have this thing that goes back and forth with the Ravens, but they do. It just yeah. seems like they kind of have their number. And uh, Dean Martindale, the the Ravens defensive coordinator, yeah. was another one who was always good at scheming Tom Brady. Yeah. Um, and there's, you know, there's a legitimate out-of-division rivalry there. It's just like the Steelers where, yeah. you know, when they play one another, you kind of don't know what's going to happen. But I did not expect that because, no. one, the <laughs> Patriots have not been playing well, and, two, they're just not that strong a team. No, But, you know, God bless them for doing it. I, 
you never thought you'd hear me say that about New England. I well, but, uh, yeah, you know. and and so what it's done now is is the Steelers have a three and a half game lead now. Well, um, technically, because, yeah. Well, they're up three, and they've got the tiebreaker over the Ravens, and 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 of course, you know, should the Ravens win uh, Thanksgiving night, then it then the tiebreaker's gone. But, um, I, you know, I think Steelers fans have to slow down a little bit. I mean, I I, I saw some stuff this week. You know, Sunday night, Monday. You know, after the the Patriots had won, like, oh man, you know, it's start it's time to start resting players, and it's like, whoa, 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 what? whoa, yeah, oh yeah, it's like, first oh, of all, hell no, yeah, that doesn't happen in Pittsburgh. We don't rest players until everything is locked up, and you know this is what seed you are, and yeah. then you think about resting players. Maybe, and even yeah. then, I mean, you got to think about this yeah. week seventeen at Cleveland. At Cleveland, exactly. Yep. If you if you win that game, you know you you may have swept the AFC North. It, it, okay. However, however, do Maybe. we really want that game to mean anything? That's yeah, the thing. I I kind of don't necessarily care. But by the same right. token, it's like there's something to be said for that. Yeah, for sweeping oh. your own division. Oh, that, I, that's, I totally agree. That's kind of a big deal, especially when. Yeah. One of those teams, Baltimore, is mm-hmm. is a really respectable team, and yeah, I want to I want to beat those bastards, especially on Thanksgiving. I imagine they're going to wear the color rush uniforms. I would think. I, I don't think we've gotten the official word, but I I would think if it's not the color rush, then it's definitely going to be the throwbacks. I, I would imagine, but uh, one or the other. But, um, yeah, a great thing that the Patriots did on uh, Sunday night, giving us that little extra cushion. And now the Steelers head down to uh, Jacksonville and TIAA Bank Field. Uh, that, that place goes through more name changes than, than rock stars. Um, we have not always played well in Jacksonville. Um, yes, going back, Yeah, going back to the Cowher days when they were in the old AFC Central uh, we we struggled with Jacksonville, and of course, the horror stories of what they did to us in Heinz Field a couple of times. I I always get weirded out when we go to play Jacksonville, and and I watched most of their game against the Packers on Sunday as it led into the Steelers game. Um, I, I'm telling you what, man, the Jaguars are one and eight. They've lost eight straight, but they play hard. Well, okay. They do. They they and maybe Green Bay's not as good as we thought they were, but they had every every reason to win that game Sunday in Green Bay and they just well, couldn't pull it first off. First off, let's let's just say they are an NFL team, okay? Just indeed. Indeed. Just making it in the NFL as a player is a massive accomplishment, okay? So there are no bad players in the NFL, we should clarify. Yeah. Um that whole any given Sunday thing, that's real. Yep. You you can lose to anyone at any time. The Steelers could line up against the Jets and have a bad day and lose. Uh, the Steelers once lost a game versus the Houston Texans <laughs> when they had over 400 yards of offense and the Texans uh, had 47. Yeah. And we lost. It's so like, like bad, too. Well, yeah, a bunch of turnovers. Yeah, yeah. well, t- touchdown Tommy turned into turnover Tommy. Yeah, that day. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it's possible. You you just never, 
ever want to blow that off and assume that you know no, and, it's all going to work Mike, out. Mike Tomlin did a uh, uh, well, a very Tomlin-esque thing on Tuesday. Yeah, uh, you know when when uh, he was at the press conference and and I can't remember who it was, um, which which local scribe it was that asked him about the trap game. And man, he shot him down so quick. He's just like, we don't do trap games. He's like, we aren't a Big Ten team playing against a MAC team, right? Uh, looking ahead, and and he's right. the The idea that there's trap games, it's a fan driven thing. It's a it's a, a, a talk show driven thing. The NFL is sixteen games. That's it, and you know every single week. It doesn't matter. Just like you said, Jacksonville's still an NFL football team, right? Um, and on top with, of that, you've got a team. Yeah. I wouldn't call it a veteran heavy team, but you've got a team a high character team in Pittsburgh yes, that understands the fact that this is the NFL and there are yeah. no bad players. That just doesn't exist. No. Even the guys that are not named players are good players mm-hmm. and you've got to take every single opponent seriously. And I, the, the shift they made a few years ago, well, what it's been four or five drafts now yeah, where they, they valued character, Place more value in character than they had and yep. say that the 2010 2011 drafts was uh really that they're they're seeing the benefits for it now yes. they truly are uh the, the the selfish egomaniacs that that we've we've had the very talented selfish egomaniacs we've had on the roster are gone mm-hmm. and you know maybe good riddance i mean i say know, so antonio brown I, he really did contribute quite a bit and he brought us some, some fantastic moments, but he also created as many problems as he solved. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's bear all that in mind when we think about those guys and yeah, we miss that guy's talent, but don't miss his personality. No, not no. at all. And I, I think the fact that they've, they've got those guys now that are high character guys and that are team first guys is serving them well and that they will not take this team lightly. Um, although, you know, a lot of guys admitted they were tired when they got to Dallas, and they took Dallas a little bit too lightly. And they said, it's, you know, it's okay. We we learned a mm-hmm. lesson. They came out hot, and we really weren't. And we had to catch up, and we, we won the game, and we're not doing that again. And then this week versus the Bengals, they came out, kind of established things. And there was the game was never really in question. I mean, it, it, just, no. it just wasn't. The Steelers weren't crisp, but it was never in question. The, the the Jaguars do do a couple of things that worry me. They're very athletic defensively. You know, Miles Jack has always kind of been a thorn in our side, and, and he continues to be um, a, a very good defensive player. Um, but but they've got a, a rookie undrafted kid from, um, oh, God, Southern Illinois, I think it is, Um Robinson, who who has put up some nice numbers, he he's one of these you know one cut and go type guys. That's what worries me, and would really worry me if Tyson Alalu wasn't in there. Um, but but that type of thing, you know, they got a rookie quarterback. He's he's got a pretty big arm. He he, he slings it all over the place. I thought uh, Minshew was back this week. Is he? I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know yet either, but. Okay, well, was it Jake Luton? I think his name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, was, was you know started the last two, and of course you've got Gardner with that tremendous stash or whatever it is he calls it. Um, you know, pot- potentially coming back as well. Um, but but I, I want to talk about our running game 
Um, it's obviously been a big topic of conversation. It's slid big it, time. It, 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 let's not forget, in week one, James Conner could not have been more ineffective early in that game, and, and he did get dinged up. In comes Benny Snell, who ends up with about 115 yards rushing. A wonderful performance for him. Um, and really, we, we we ran the ball pretty well for about the first six weeks. And now all of a sudden, it, it's just it's not existent. Um, and yes, the Bengals loaded up, but you know, as, as I've talked with offensive line people and, and players and stuff, you still have to be able to move the ball forward. Um, what, what are you seeing? What's happening with this unit that is, is causing this problem where they just, I mean, they ran 20 times for 44 yards on Sunday. It's, it's not going to cut it. Well, uh... From my perspective, what's happening? Yeah, the offensive line it just is not playing well. I I'm not going to put that on running backs who are productive when there is room, and overlook the fact that the offensive line, just in the one-on-one matchups, is getting their butts kicked. Yes, that's I mean, it's not, where it it's is. not so much about whether or not they're you know, well-coordinated or the scheme they're running is the right one to run against the defense. Sometimes it just comes down to kicking the ass of the man in front of you. And if you can't do that, you're not going to go anywhere. Uh, We talked about before, you know, uh, David DeCastro getting blown up on a pole. When the hell was the last time you saw that David DeCastro? Come on. Yeah. That's, that's his bread and butter. It just well, doesn't happen. Perennial all pro. You see him yeah. coming. You should just get out of the way. <laughs> I, you know, I, I look back at the Dallas game, and, and at that time, Dallas was dead last in the league against the run, but they still had some pretty high level players there along the defensive front. They had some good names, some guys that had been uh, good previously. Then you looked at the Bengals, and Geno Atkins wasn't even in the in the game. Right. You know, he's, he's their best defensive lineman, you know, especially with Dunlap gone to Seattle now. And and I, this had all the makings of, okay, here's where we get healthy. Here's where we start pounding this ball. We're going to start running it again. We're going to four or five yards of crack. And not even close. Not even close. And, and you know, again, the Bengals challenged Ben Roethlisberger, and he responded. Um, but I, I, at some point, as we get into these colder days, it, it's you have gonna, to acknowledge the fact that challenging Ben that way was pretty dumb. I mean, oh, I think it was ridiculously I, dumb. I think the Bengals came out thinking the Steelers were going to run the ball because they mm-hmm. hadn't defended the run well, and the Steelers yep. needed to reestablish it. So it had all the makings for the Steelers are going to run the ball. So we're going to try and fight the run. But yeah. yeah. Daring Ben Roethlisberger to beat you when he's played in the league for, you know, this is his 17th season. 17 years. And as well as he's playing right now mentally is stupid. That was a yeah. dumb strategy. Nice job, Cincinnati. We appreciate you. Well, furthermore, they showed that they didn't really adjust very well either once they realized that, you know, the, the Steelers weren't going to bother running the ball. Um you know, so did you, by the way, did you happen to see the uh, the tweet? It was from ESPN stats or something or something like that. They put out a list of the top 10 rookies 
you know, vying for rookie of the year. They yeah, didn't whatever. have Chase Claypool on that list. Yeah, I'm I know. Like, are you kidding? I mean, I'm not saying he should win it. I'm not saying that at all. But you don't have him in your top ten. What no. the hell are you doing at ESPN? Yeah, that there, was there are a couple of rookies that have more receptions and more yards yeah, than Claypool. Van Jefferson's had a great year. He I, has. I think he's he's a better and receiver right now. But man. so is Higgins. But but yeah. you take a look at the fact that Claypool is leading all rookies in touchdowns scored. Yep. And you kind of have to bear in mind this guy's having an impact. <laughs> if, he, if he's not in your top ten. Yeah. You're overlooking something. Right. Yeah. You, you you clearly put this together and then didn't didn't proofread it, tweeted it, and then got called out. I mean, it was so bad. Chase Claypool was trending at one point on Twitter, and it was all because people were screaming, where's Chase Claypool? Um, but but I digress. I thought it was kind of funny. Um yeah, so whatever. Yeah, I know. So uh, the, the Steelers will, of course, be uh, be in Jacksonville. And, um, you know, they've got DJ Chark. I think he's a very nice receiver. Tyler Eifert, the former Bengal, is now down there as the tight end. I mean, that, that poor guy, man, he's he's just battled one injury after another. You kind of wonder what his life's going to be like when he's 50. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, you just feel awful for him. But um, so, so there is some capability down there. Um, but how do we approach this game? Um, do you, do you just, do you just let Ben come out and dictate? Do you try to run the ball again? What, what do you do here? I'd like to see them establish the run. Um, if you look at where they're at defensively, the Jags are a very poor passing defense. <laughs> they are, they are. And they're kind of middle of the road in terms of of their ability to stop the run. They're allowing 4.4 yards per carry, which ain't great. No. But their opposing passer rating, so (laughs) the the opposition passer rating, Mm -hmm. is (laughs) 107.8. So, yeah, I mean, basically, guys that come out and throw on them are having a lot of success. and. The Steelers should probably just kind of pick up where they left off and go, okay, Ben, do your thing, you know, go out there. I I don't want to, you know, do the whole, I mean, Chase Claypool talked about the fact that Ben was calling plays they hadn't run. (laughs) (laughs) And and Claypool's like, oh, what do I do? And and then Ben just tells him what route to run, and he runs it, and then Ben throws him the ball. He's like, okay, well, that you know, it makes it pretty easy. So he just tells yeah. us what to do, and we just do it. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm not necessarily saying you come out and you do that. It, obviously, you want to have something a little more refined than just – That would be nice. You know, Ben going, yeah, uh, I'm going to call this. And they're looking at him going, huh? He's like, yeah, okay, well, you didn't practice this, but you run this and you run this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about the protection when we get to the line. Yeah, it, it, I'm I'm fascinated by this game just because I I think uh, it, it's under the radar, but yet some people are you know after what Jacksonville the effort they gave against Green Bay, you know thinking that they're going to pull this off, and you know I, I it goes back to what you were saying. I, I don't people use the term upset in pro football a lot. I don't see games like I do in college where where uh, an Appalachian state knocks off a Michigan and that's an upset 
you know, not not when one NFL team beats another. Now, you can make the argument if that one NFL team is using, you know, a, a third string journeyman quarterback type thing. OK, that's a little different. But, you know, Jacksonville has talent. And, and I, I just at the end of the day, the Steelers are, are filled with veterans. Uh, Tomlin made some really interesting comments about how hard the rookies are working. And and he said he he praises the veteran leadership on the team for a big part of that work ethic in these rookies. Um, so you you have to assume there's a lot of talk about hey you're going down here this is still a business trip we don't care what what their record is you know a lot of our guys uh, on the Steelers roster are from from Florida so that you know this is an opportunity for them to go home probably play in front of some family they don't normally get to. Um, so yeah, keep the focus, keep the, keep the foot on the pedal, so to speak, and and just keep going because you don't want to look ahead, but it's a quick turnaround. You know, they'll play Thursday night and, um, uh, making it that much more crucial is the fact that it's Baltimore on a Thursday night. And, um, I, I I don't know. So you got any, uh, parting shots before we get on out of here, Ben? Well, first, it's Jacksonville, and since I lived there for a couple of years, I need oh, to emphasize right. the fact that again, it's it's just not. It's you're not you a talk fan. about going home. No, I'm not a fan of Jacksonville at all. Yeah. Jacksonville's a shithole, but you know I haven't been there for 20 years either, so <laughs> I have no they vacuumed since back. then, <laughs> probably. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I don't imagine that anybody who's yeah, there are some guys down there from Florida, but. You kind of have to experience Florida to know that North Florida is one thing and South Florida is another. Absolutely. You know, and then there's yep. Central Florida, which is a world all of its own as well. I mean, oh, Orlando, that area yeah. is like it's it's complete its own little bubble. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have three different states. Uh, yeah. And so that's, there's that. And then, you know, yeah. I basically uh, the Steelers just – Got to keep winning. Um, yes, this looks like an easy game on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it is not. I completely agree with you. This is something they should not be taking lightly at all. I don't think they are. Um, but we'll see. You know, uh, they've uh, they continued to learn lessons each week about themselves. And That's a great point. About their team. Yep. And, uh, you know, they as long as they look at it from that mindset, I think they'll keep improving. And they gotta. I mean, because I, I don't see a team that's peaked yet. Do you? No, I, I don't. And I and I think some people were thinking maybe that's what was starting on Sunday against the Bengals. But I'm not ready to go there yet. No. Um, and and I think it it goes back to a little bit about what you were saying about the offensive line. And 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 I think I think Mike Tomlin, Sean Surrett, probably were challenging some guys. Uh, deep down this week and basically saying, look, you're getting beaten one-on-one battles. That means we can't run the football if you're losing one-on-one battles. And that that is an attack on a guy's pride. It, it is. It, it, whether we like it or not, it just is an attack. And, well, I, and the I, thing that's weirder well, about it was they were pass blocking very well. Right. Oh, yeah. Our pass blocking has been good for the most part. I mean, the Ben gets rid of it pretty quick, but just – can't you run know. block. No, and I and I think that challenge is going to be thrown down before them. I'm curious to see how they respond, but uh, I, I'm with you. I think this will be a tougher game. I also think um, 
there, there's just too much on this Steelers team to to not overwhelm Jacksonville eventually. So uh, you guys usually do predictions first, so I'll, I'll go ahead and give you mine. I, I think we're looking at, uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and say 27-13 uh, uh, here, uh, Steelers over Jacksonville. And, 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 I, and I think it might be fairly close until mid-third quarter too, but I'll, I'll go 27-13. Really? Yep. Huh. Yep. I know that goes against every grain that we've ever had when we go to uh, Jacksonville, too. Well, the Steelers are favored by 10, which oh, is a geez. lot. In an NFL I didn't realize it was that much. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Um. So, I mean, you're going to see things that are back and forth in terms of, of who's going to take what. I think – you know, you're probably looking at, I don't know. I have a hard time believing that the that the Jaguars can score 20 points on the Steelers. That's kind of where I fell back to as well. I just, yeah. I don't know. Um, let's say 28-18 Steelers. Oh, right and, on the line. Okay. Yeah, we'll roll with that. That yeah. technically, then them them not covering, but uh, well, I just don't see yeah. them getting twenty points on the Steelers. And if the Steelers are up by ten, they always take their foot off the off the, the pedal yeah. when they're up by a comfortable margin late in the game. Yeah, yeah twenty eight ten lead. Maybe Jacksonville pushes one across late, something like that. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see it. I, you know, I, I think this team is in a good position. Um, you know, health wise, it seems to be getting a little better, and and um, I, I'm just I'm excited to see what they do in Jacksonville because I I do think if we take care of business in a very uh, aggressive and, and big way, then I I think and you you've said it many times that this is feeling like a special season. And uh, knowing the horrors that we've had, don't don't forget, Steelers fans, this is the place where uh, Bill Cowher once almost socked a Jacksonville uh, a returner <laughs> on the sidelines, <laughs> but he he pulled his pulled his punch right at the last second. Um, you know, so I, I really hope this is kind of that that game where we we do start getting into our groove a little bit as we uh, get closer to uh, to December. So, anyway, we don't know what Ian's doing. Hopefully, he's he's okay. Um, but uh, next week, don't forget with the Steelers playing on Thursday, Turkey Day, um, we'll probably do a podcast on Monday night that week and uh, or next week, and I believe our uh, own version of Mary Poppins will be joining us. Ellie's going to be with us that night. And um, uh, so we'll we'll be more than happy to cover the, the Steelers game with the Jags and, and look ahead, of course, to the Ravens. So uh, for Ben, this is Steel Dad signing off. You've been listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck. <laughs>